Welcome to NARPM Radio, your source for property management practices and ideas to help your career, delivered to fit your busy schedule. NARPM Radio, get tuned in. Hello to all you wonderful property managers out there and welcome to NARPM Radio. This is Bob Preston, RMP, MPM, past president of the California State Chapter of NARPM and your podcast host for today. Welcome to the show. I'm broadcasting from our studio at my company here, North County Property Group in Del Mar, California. If you're new here, please subscribe. So you have ongoing access to all of our great NARPM radio episodes. And if you like what you hear, please pay it forward with a positive review. As a landlord or property manager, do you ever feel like you just can't get a break from your business? Keeping your eyes on the ball so nothing falls through the cracks can be a never-ending concern. Maintenance requests, property viewings, leases to review and sign, tenant move-ins, rent collection. Whew. Sound familiar? Research shows that many small business owners either don't take a vacation or when they do, it's a working vacation. Just ask my wife about the latter. I know this summer I had hit a wall and jokingly proclaimed, just say no July is a month to focus more on my family. On the show today, I have a panel of guests who are at the top of their game as property managers and members of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, NARPM, if you will, Kathleen Richards of PM Made Easy and the Property Management Coach, Santa Cruz, California, Liz Clayman of Grace Property Management in Thornton, Colorado, and Kelly Tollefson of T-Square Properties in Bothell, Washington. We're going to be talking about why even property managers, yeah, even us, should take a vacation from their business. They will also share their personal tips and secrets on planning the occasional escape and how it benefits their companies when they do find time to get away. And by the way, this panel is made up of some of the top NARPM leaders at the national level, so I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about that as well. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. So great you're all with me today to discuss this really cool topic. And to kick things off, I thought it would be great if each of you could just introduce yourself, your business that you're in, how you're involved in NARPM, and if you're willing to share maybe how you spent your most recent vacation. That would be really fun. And what it meant to have some time off away from your job, right? So Kathleen, how about we start with you on that one? Thanks for having me. This is such a great topic and happy to be here with you. Um, so I've been a member of NARPM since 2005, have served on a variety of boards, state and, and otherwise, have all my designations, broker owner of a company in Santa Cruz that probably my biggest thrill was it had the CRMC. That meant more to me than my individual designation. Good for you, man. Yeah. That's right. Because it meant that the company was run well, right? Uh-huh. And uh, sold that company in 2017. I am a certified business coach and I founded the property management coach. And I've been doing that the last six years, coaching over 300 businesses and property managers on specifically property management. And then I'm also the owner of PM Made Easy, formerly Landlord Source. So for those of you that have been around for a long time, you know Landlord Source, and I rebranded it. So my summer vacation, I kind of feel like when you're back in school, you know, what did you do for your summer vacation? This is the first year I took a month. My husband windsurfs up at the Columbia River Gorge between Washington and Oregon every summer. And back in the day, I couldn't be away from the office. I would like fly up for a three-day weekend. And this year I went for a full month and did no work. Because past years I would still coach. I'd be writing new content or whatever. And this year I decided, no, 
I'm not going to do any of that. So yeah, the pre-planning part of making sure things were done ahead of time or clients were booked for when I got back. I'm not going to lie. It was hard as a entrepreneur. It felt really, really, really uncomfortable to not kind of be working and doing something when you're used to always doing that. Okay. Fess up. Did you cheat at all? I mean, sneak a peek at your cell phone or anything? I did check my email because now I'm just a one woman business, right? And so I did check my email usually in the morning. And sometimes I would do some quick responses. People that were inquiring about coaching, I let them know I'm on holiday. Can I get back to you on this date when I'm back? And people were good with that. That literally was the extent. of my work. But it's still, like I said, kind of felt uncomfortable because I'm used to like putting work in for years. Conferences was my vacation. Okay. Let's get real. That's not a vacation people, (laughs) but that's what, when you're a business or property manager, that's you take what you can get. Right. That's right. So I did have a month off and it was really lovely. And after a couple of days, it was so awesome to not always be thinking about I need to check this or is the shoe going to drop over here? Oh my God, I forgot that. My mind actually got to relax. And that was like a new thing. I'm 50, almost 57 years old. I think the last time I really had like a true break break was probably in between college. You know, those breaks that you have from summer before you start the next semester. So it was good, but I won't lie. It, It wasn't easy to be committed to the no work thing. Well, we can't wait to hear more about that and how you pulled that off. You know, I want to hear about that here in a minute, but let's pop over to Liz. Why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do and about your most recent vacation? Yes, absolutely. So I am with Grace Property Management in Denver, Colorado, and I am also the 2021 Narcom President-Elect. This summer, we had the pleasure, my husband and I travel a good bit. We try to travel three weeks out of the year every year, religiously. So this summer we went to Cancun, Mexico for a week to celebrate our 22nd wedding anniversary. It was fantastic. It was relaxing. And I cannot say I did not work. I actually (laughs) did work while I was there. I even had a closing on a triplex. So that's kind of the give and take of traveling a good bit, being able to keep up with my duties while I am away. And of course, keeping the, um, everything going in a forward motion. Absolutely. Kelly, how about you? Thanks, Bob. It's great being here with you. I'm Kelly Tollefson, MPM RMP, and with T-Square Properties up in the Seattle area. And my current role with NARPM is immediate past president. I was the 2020 NARPM national president, and I like to call myself the pandemic president. So (laughs) as far as vacations, you know, we've had Tom and I, my husband and I own the company together, and we have not taken a true vacation probably since we've owned the company as far as completely disengaging. And we struggle together. I really work hard to disengage every weekend. And that gives me the energy to come back and give it all on the weekdays. So the weekends really work for me. But what I will say is that he likes that blended lifestyle, that work-life integration. And so when we go any place, we actually have a place up in Montana that we like to spend a week there. It's got great internet, but it's right on the river. And for me, it's like what Kathleen was describing is doing some emails in the morning, maybe checking in with the team later in the day. There's really not anything that can't happen. Everything can operate while I'm gone, but it gives me a better opportunity to relax when I know 
everything's kind of smoothly running, which I know it is. They know how to reach me if it's not, but that's never happened. So I've never not been in a phase where in the last 20 years where I can really step away a hundred percent. And I, I have to say, I'm not too upset about it because I think I have a pretty good balance of when I need to get away. I do. And to what Kathleen's point is, some of my best friends are NARPM people. So going to a convention, I'll extend out or stay, get there early and have a couple days with people that I love to spend time with. And so it, it is kind of, for me, it's been a vacation in a way that I'm out of the norm and refreshing myself a little bit. So just a different perspective of what I, I look forward, look forward to the day when I can take a month and not worry about anything. <laughs> We have to get rid of our dogs first though. Yeah, our dogs get in the way too, right? I took yeah. I took two weeks off and I thought that was a big deal, you know, taking two weeks off. I can't remember the last time I did that before this year. So thank you all for your comments and introducing yourselves. And it was really fun hearing about your individual philosophies, you know, on taking vacation and how you go about it. Kathleen, you wrote an amazing article for the July 2021 NARPA magazine. That's called Residential Resources. That article was called Five Reasons to Take a Vacation from Your Property Management Job. Actually, it was from your business, but we're going to address it a little more broadly today about your property management job. So let's start with you on some broader discussion here. What was it that inspired you to write that article? And could you share your thoughts? I think what inspired me was knowing that we were coming into summer, right? So I was trying to think what would be a a good topic for summer and what's a, a common struggle that I've had my whole career And whether you're a property manager or a team leader or the broker owner of a company, whatever role you play, it is tough to disengage. And the one thing I find in my coaching practice that people come to me, by the time they come to me, they're flaming out. They're like hitting the wall. They're burnt out. And it's like, okay, as a reminder of the importance of taking some kind of time away from work. Because if you get to that point where you're burnt out, you're no good to anybody. We shouldn't be a slave to our business or to the job itself. That's no way to live life. So that was the main reason for writing the article. You know, Kathleen, you bring up a great point. When you were talking about burnout, I was thinking about boundaries and what you were describing is setting boundaries for yourself for, for me, it was my spouse to say, Tom, it's Saturday. I don't really want to talk about that one client. Can we table this till Monday? And it was a lot of repetitive, sometimes conversations like that. And sometimes if he just wanted a simple answer, then I would say, okay, I can do that, but I don't want this drawn out conversation on a Saturday morning while I'm having my free time or whatever, but setting those boundaries with your staff, with those around you, with your clients saying I'm out. You know, there's nothing better than the out of office message when you can give them another email and you're at peace knowing that the person that you're referring them to is going to handle it. But those boundaries, I think, are super key to making sure that whatever works for you can happen. So true. I, I've noticed that even you mentioned at the out of office 
on your email or on your voicemail, my amount of email and voicemail will go down by like 90% and how respectful people are of that if they know you're away, provided you've told them where to go to get their answer. Exactly. This is fun because we're on video here uh, for our listeners today <laughs> and I see everybody nodding, right? I love the article, Kathleen. I thought it was, I thought it'd be really fun to discuss maybe each of these five reasons for heading out on vacation and taking time away. So we'll take one at a time, if that's cool, if the group group's nodding again and get comments from the panel. So let's start with the number one reason, and that's brainstorming new ideas. And when I first read the article, I thought, hmm, this is a little counterintuitive, right? Uh, if you're trying to get away from it all, you want to leave it behind. Like Kelly, hey, I don't want to be talking about property management on Saturday, right? But I think the point is when you relax and you open your mind to it, new ideas pop in and naturally come. And Liz, have you found this to be true when you take time off and you get away from your business? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think it takes a day or two to kind of decompress <laughs> to get to that level. But once you relax, you really do find yourself thinking about yes. all the ways to solve all the problems in your life once you arrive back home and taking the time to write it down can kind of get it out of your mind and then you can move on to the next idea. But absolutely. I find that when you're relaxed is when you can really take the time to have clarity about a lot of situations. Kelly, how about you? Absolutely agree with Liz 100%. I was just thinking one of the best times is when you're on a flight, if you get to fly on your vacation. I remember going to the national convention again, not a vacation for everybody, but for me, we actually went out a few days early and went to Kauai. So we did get some time off there, but you don't get any internet over the Pacific Ocean. So you can't work. I remember back, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, Kathleen. So back in the day when I used to travel for my job, you didn't get internet on the plane. So you read an actual book or you did something that wasn't electronic. We didn't have electronic devices. So when you don't have internet, especially, like I said, on the flight to Hawaii or over an ocean, usually you don't get internet. It really forces you to maybe think about those ideas that are running around in your head and, and just, you know, it's kind of like we get our best ideas when we're driving or in the shower, right? When you're just not thinking about anything, you're just kind of on autopilot maybe a little bit. And for me, yes, definitely agree. It's a great time to, you know, think outside the box. Yeah. We go to the mountains a lot in yeah. California, in the high Sierra, and we do a lot of hiking and, you know, hopefully I don't have a bad song in my mind that's playing over and over because that can ruin all creative thinking. But, you know, sometimes I'll be treading along high Sierra trail and it's just like the scenery is incredible. And it's amazing what'll pop into your mind, you know, sometimes oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta write that down. So then you have to remember them all right. When you get off the trail or whatever, Kathleen, how about you brainstorming new ideas when you're away on vacation? I think it's just the different perspective, you know, like Kelly was saying, when you're out of your routine and when you mentioned the plane, I can't tell you anytime I get on a plane, whether it was going to a NARPM event or whatever, seriously, I learned after a while, just to have a pad of paper on my lap because everything's packed away. Right. Mm -hmm. And literally when the wheels would come up, my brain would just, and I'd have to write down as fast as I could, I would do this big brain dump of ideas that would start popping into my head. It was kind of hilarious that it would like happen like that all the time. And yeah, like Liz said, write it down. And so that you're not worried and obsessing over, I got to remember that I got to, that was such a great idea. I got to remember that. Right. So yeah, write it down. So I think getting out of your routine and part of taking a break is getting out of your routine. And so it, it does, it gives you a different perspective or different triggers that remind you of a solution. 
Super cool. I love the, the feedback. Number two on your list, and this is the one that I always find the hardest, right? And that's that, look, you've worked really hard for your clients or for your business or for your team. You have personally, and you've contributed a lot. So you've earned it. Treating yourself to time away, for me at times, I always kind of feel guilty about it, right? Which is totally the wrong way to view it. So let's tackle this one. You've earned it, right, Kelly? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, one of the things I've, how I've built my company is I don't really ask anybody to do anything that I haven't already done myself. So in building the company, I make sure that I understand what their position is about because I've done it and and starting the company and so on. And it's like what Kathleen said earlier is that everyone else is getting vacation. So why am I exempt from that? And I need to do that self-care that we are as entrepreneurs and leaders that we are maybe the last ones to take that self-care. But even on the airplanes, they say, put your mask on, you know, your oxygen mask on before you help those next to you. So I'm, I've shifted and looked at it as self-care. And again, what I think one of us said about making yourself available if necessary, but, or just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm here from, you know, for an hour in the morning, and then I'm going to be gone all day. If you need anything, I'll be touching base later on, but you're all good. You're all capable. So to me that it's almost twofold self-care and expressing capability in your team. I think a lot of property managers too have come into the business as kind of a lifestyle job, right? They they view it as something that could be flexible for their schedule. So yeah. I think us taking time off, what whatever role we play in an organization supports that company culture that, hey, we value people's time off. Liz, do you find that at, at Grace? No, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. The hardest part because of our flexibility is doing that complete cutoff. Like Kelly was saying, even when I'm in Mexico, my phone still works like it does in the States. I mean, that's how far technology's come. So I remember a trip last year and the fire department ended up at one of my properties and we had an emergency service and, and I dealt with it all. It took like 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't a big deal and I wasn't upset by it at all. So I think that that is kind of a fine line of being able to completely cut ourselves off in our industry because it's so easy not to. And we're all kind of control freaks, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing about property managers. That's true. We're all a little bit of a control freaks, type A's, whatever you want to call that. So Kathleen, in your article, you wrote about, hey, not being resentful that you're not getting the same time off, maybe that you're allowing for other team members, right? Is that an aspect for you? Well, just like Kelly said, you know, I, I did everything and I would never ask my staff to do anything that I hadn't done, right? Over time, what would happen is we would schedule out the vacations and we had a calendar for that. And then people would come and say, Hey, you know, can I change it? Or I want to go do this. And I didn't want to say no. Right. So I'd say, sure. But then it cut into my, my time. So I was the one that was always compromising. And so it took me 10 years to figure out (laughs) once I did this, it was brilliant. But I'm like, why did it take me so long to figure this out? I, um, My husband is a retired fireman. And in the fire department, literally for like the first 10 years of our relationship, we never had a vacation together because they had to book their vacation literally a year in advance. And in the office that I worked in, I worked at Microsoft at the time. I was lucky if I'd say I want to take next week off. And they're like, no, you can't. You know, so it was it just never lined up. Right. So what I realized is, well, Again, I'm the boss. I get to make the rules. So I told everybody at year end, think about your holidays for the coming year and what you want to take off and so forth. 
the beginning of the new year, we're going to all bring our calendars and we're going to negotiate for our time off. So the brilliant thing there was my staff loved me and, and wanted me to have the time off, right? They didn't realize they were impinging on my time off. And so they would negotiate amongst themselves. Oh, I was thinking of taking that week off and oh, and they would negotiate, but I picked mine first. I'd say, well, this is, they'd say, Kathleen, what do you want? I picked the time I wanted first. And then they worked around me. And I finally got time without feeling guilty about it, which is kind of crazy, but it worked for me and it worked for them. And it allowed them to negotiate amongst themselves. So I didn't have to be the bad boss to say, no, you can't take the time. Right. So that worked beautifully for me. And so again, it's those setting those boundaries and things and finding a system that works for you. Absolutely. I go through that process, that negotiation process every year when we're talking about the holiday season, right? <laughs> we sit down at a conference table or by Zoom or whatever. And okay, you know, we've got the holidays coming up between Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's and what's everybody planning? Let's talk about it now. And I usually, oh, and Thanksgiving gets thrown in there too, right? Who's going to cover? Who's going to be on call? And I pretty much always take that week off, but I allow people to kind of work on a skeleton crew because typically the inquiries and the maintenance requests go way, way down, but somebody's still got to be there to answer the phone, you know? So I think that's a really, really great strategy and a good tip. One thing I'd like to say with that, just real quick before we move on Mm -hmm. is back in the day, the only way I could really get a time off was because if I took time off, I was still getting calls and requests. Right. And so then I decided I just need to close the office so that nobody's there. Right. And then I'm only dealing with an emergency. So then I'll truly get like a day off. So I got to the point where I did an experiment with my office and we just closed the whole week of Thanksgiving. We let all of our owners know ahead of time. We took care of stuff ahead of time. Oh, my God, my employees loved it. We really got a break. And then the next year I tried Christmas Eve through New Year's. You know, you look at the dates. So my office for the last like six years before I sold the business and the new owner still continues this is close for the week of Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, and close for the week of New Year's, um, Christmas Eve through New Year's. And you know what? I was really scared that my owners would push back on that. In fact, they didn't. Um, my owners emailed me going, Kathleen, it's about time you took some time off. We're so happy for you. We know you got things covered if awesome. something really happens, right? So that was affirmation that I was overly worried and concerned about the optics and all of that, but because the trust had been built up over the years and they knew the staff was good, but it worked. So I'm just putting that out there to people. Great, great input. Hey, number three, as we head down this list here, work-life balance. And sometimes I always wonder, is there such a thing? And you could probably ask my family about that too. And (laughs) I saw Kelly shake her head. No, no, not really. And I know it's a struggle for people in our business because we've already talked, hey, we're kind of control freaks, type A personalities. And this was in your article too, Kathleen, is why did you start in this profession? I don't think, and I remember Kelly, you and I talked about this once before in a podcast. None of us grew up, went through college thinking, oh, I want to be a property manager when I grew up. All of us have kind of backed into this profession for some reason. Why? And like we mentioned earlier, gee, flexible, I can keep my own schedule. I, maybe I don't have to be in the office all the time. And those are the things I think we have to remind ourselves. Liz, any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, when I started in property management, accidentally, of course, Yeah, <laughs> I was all in. Every client had my cell phone number. I worked 24-7, nights, weekends, all of it. And fast forward three to five years, I was so burnt out so quickly that I learned to set some boundaries. So now, luckily, 
Nobody has my cell phone number. We can text through our softwares and things like that, which is super great. And even if I choose to work at night or early in the morning, I don't even send it. I leave it as a draft until business hours. So I'm no longer working nights. I'm no longer working weekends, of course, unless there's the fire department coming to your to your property that you're dealing with. But I think just experience leads you to setting those boundaries, which helps with the work-life balance for sure. Yeah. Kelly, how about you? How do you stay present for your family and friends? And that's, I guess, part of the question too, you know? So again, I think what, like what Liz said and Kathleen affirmed is those boundaries. And I, I don't look at it as a work-life balance because it feels like you're, for me personally, it feels like that terminology is, is you're straddling a fence and neither side wins. And so I look at it, like I said, an integration of how are you going to have your work integrate into your personal life and vice versa? You know, there's, you know, there's times when you're at work and you need to take a call from your doctor or your kid school is calling. So there's, it goes both ways in that integration. For me, like I said, on Friday evenings um, throughout the pandemic, I've been getting together with three of my very closest friends in the area. And we call it our little COVID tribe. And, you know, when we masks were mandatory and we couldn't meet inside, we'd get heaters and meet in the open garages of somebody. And we just stayed present with each other, you know, after work. And the, just the, the 48 hours between a Friday and a Monday for me are just, I make the time count. I got a bike for my birthday last year. So I've been out riding my bike whenever I can you know, set up a gym in my garage, which is really important to me to have my fitness routine. That was really part of my sanity. Um, and one of the other things too, is knowing when to retreat. We are so there for everyone else that if we're not in tune with, with our level of like what Liz was describing our level, as we escalate towards burnout, if we don't retreat when we need to, then it's not good for anybody. So for me, my weekends are sometimes it's a retreat on the couch, binge watching Netflix. And sometimes it's, you know, spending time with my friends or going for a hike or, you know, whatever it is, it's knowing that retreat time or what I need to keep myself balanced. So that for me, that's what works. Yeah, that's all great input. Kathleen, any any comments on this one? Yeah, what I would say with that is, yeah, people use the term work-life balance. I see it more as like a seesaw. There's seasons in your life where you're really working hard, like Liz said in the beginning, like 24 hours a day, everybody had access to her. And then you wise up and realize this isn't sustainable. And so then you start putting up the guardrails, right? And so a lot of times too, when you're single and you're starting the business or whatever, you're you're in it 100%. And you start having kids and a fan. So it's like more like a seesaw kind of in a way. The one thing that always really helped me reminding myself of, of that. Why, why did I get into the business? But also kind of looking back, there's a great book I'm going to put out. It's, it, it sounds horrible, but it's really, really good. Five regrets of the dying. Okay. Not to bring anybody down. But this was a hospice nurse in Australia that cared for people. And I read this book and it was amazing because it was all these things that people had a regret on at the end of their life. And now it was too late to go back and do anything about it. And so for me, always and my husband being a fireman, typically when firemen retire, if they make it past the first 10 years, they tend to live to be really old. But a lot don't. I went to two to three funerals every single year for the first six years. And for me, it was like, oh, my God. But 
it always forced me to come back and say, at the end of the day, what's important? You know, am I going to say, hey, I wish I installed that water heater at XYZ property? No, it's going to be like Kelly. She made it a priority to stay connected to her friends, right? It's the relationships. I wish I hadn't missed that wedding or the birthday. Or I wish I went on that trip of a lifetime or whatever. So it's it's that's part of your why, you know, why are you doing this? Not just to get your kids through college or to pay for the house or, you know, yes, we identify our business makes us feel good and it is a representation of our identity, but we're more than that business, right? We are many things. We're husbands, wives, sisters, parents, whatever, uh, friends. And so it's, it's, that's what I mean by kind of balance, making sure that that wheel kind of stays round. It doesn't go flat <laughs> because all your time and intention is on what you do for work and you completely neglect the other aspects of your life that are more important than that, really, you know, when you look at the big scheme. So that that's how I always kind of remind myself. For sure. I look around my office and, and I'm surrounded by pictures basically of me and my family on vacation, right? It's not pictures of me at work. And so it's important to have those memories and, you know, ingrained in your mind as a family, all those, all our scrapbooks at home, same thing. They're all of, you know, the kids growing up, being out skiing, snowboarding, hiking, whatever we do together as a family. And those are really, really important times. Bob, one of the things that Kathleen said, remind me of what I tell my team when they, when they kind of get all wrapped up in work, you know, they get all in a whirling dervish and, and kind of get to that either burnout stage or they just feel so overwhelmed. And I just look at them and I say, it's just work. It's just be here work. tomorrow. It'll the be there day. tomorrow. <laughs> everything will work out well. It will, you know, I don't ever say everything will be okay. What I say is everything will work out. Everything will work out. Let's just work through step by step, but it's just a job. It's just work. And, you know, business owners or people that manage a portfolio to them, they see this big, overwhelming, you know, responsibility maybe on their shoulders. But I tell you what, no one is thinking about your business as much as you are. Your clients aren't thinking about it. Your tenants aren't thinking about it. Your vendors aren't thinking about it, but you are. And it's just work. And that's what I tell my team when they start to get, you know, when that balance comes off or that seesaw feels too uncomfortable or, Whatever. I know when I take a vacation away, sometimes coming back to work can be painful, right? <laughs> because now <laughs> you've, I call it the black hole, right? There's this like vortex of all this work that I have to catch up on. But I will say this, that I've always put myself in a mindset where I'm much more productive. And that's number four on Kathleen's list is improving your productivity. So when you step away, you come back, you're more productive. Is that kind of what you meant by that in your article, Kathleen? I did. And, and, you know, a big part of productivity is making sure that your team is trained. So, you know, a big thing in my company, didn't matter what your job description was, everybody knew how to do everybody else's position yes. so that it, it, not just for vacation, but God forbid, if something happened to somebody like the business has to keep on functioning. Right. And I always used to joke, what if something happens to me? And they, they used to get upset that I'd say that all the time. I go, okay, what if I won the lottery and decide to not come back tomorrow? <laughs> it needs to run without me. Right. And so really showing them that when somebody goes on vacation, Who's doing what? So that when that person comes back, I remember I had an office manager, my client care manager, she took a trip, she came back and she was like, oh my God, Kathleen, I've never worked any place where I came back and I didn't have tons of emails and my box wasn't full because everybody stepped up and did it. And that was like amazing because now you're like the trade-off is, well, I can't, 
really take a vacation because now I'm going to spend three, three weeks just catching up from it. Right. That's not right. That's not how it should be. So in an ideal world, I know things, reality is different sometimes, but as much as the team can support each other. And when they saw like how great it worked for her, guess what? Everybody stepped up because they knew when they were going to take their time that they'd negotiated for somebody was going to be covering their back. Right. So they truly got a break. And so it took time to get there. That was not like overnight, believe me, but eventually getting people kind of trained. So they really felt like they could step away and relax and not be fearful about that black void waiting for them when they get back. I think so. I think that's really true. Liz, do you find that at, in, in your role with your team that you want to show each other, you've got each other's back, you know, Hey, go take a break. We've got your back. Go, go, go. That's kind of a cultural thing too, at most companies. Absolutely. So we have cover buddies. So we're, we're teamed up and we have cover buddies and that we're each other's lifelines. So when we need a break, we just reach out to our cover buddy and, and, they're more than willing and able to step in and take take over for us if needed. And as far as productivity, when you're away, you're coming back relaxed. And we talked about the brainstorming that happens when you have that relaxation, that time away. You can kind of see the bigger picture. So then when you're coming back into, into your seat, whatever your seat may be, that's when the productivity takes takes place for sure. Absolutely. Kelly, any comments on this one? The only thing is like, I love that cover buddies, Liz. I might have to implement that here at TCR. Yeah, I like that. That's that's snappy too. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a cool buzzword. But what I, and I think this kind of dovetails in the final point of the article, but it gives the opportunity for you to see where the weaknesses might be in your company and the cracks in the armor, if you will. And so while you're out and when you come back, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean it in all in a positive way is that you can say, okay, I need to work harder or work on this area to make sure this is covered next time. It's kind of like when we're in our busy time, we see where the stresses are and where we need to improve our processes. And so we can fix it that way. But when, when you step away, you can, that productivity might come even after you get back to see, okay, where were the areas that we need to improve on the opportunities? for improvement. And I mean that in a positive way, not, not a negative way at all. That's a great point. Great point. For sure. Yeah. I like that. It is kind of a segue into number five here. And that's just showing those around you that you trust them. One property manager on our team came back from vacation and she got back and she was kind of bummed out the first day. And I'm like, Oh man, is it really that bad being back at work? And she said, no, everybody did my job while I was away. You know, and she was almost sad about it. Like she expected to come back and realizing that nobody could do her job for her. Right. Right. right, and right. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I thought that was kind of, I said, no, it just shows that your team had your back and that you trust them and they got it done for you. So panel, what do you, what do you say about that one? I have a tendency to fill in even when I shouldn't, you know, to step in and yeah. here, let me do it. Or, and I think that can, I'm really conscientious of it. So I really try not to, but it gives my team it may be saying, sending the message that I don't think you're capable. And when we step away, I think it's the strongest message that we are leaving one of our most valued entities with people that we trust. And it gives them the opportunity to elevate themselves, to feel good about who they are when, you know, maybe they're called upon to do things they wouldn't normally be called upon to do while you're there. And I think it's a great opportunity, not just for trust, but for them to feel a sense of accomplishment, achievement, and betterment when when we can step away and be out of contact and know 
that it's going to get handled because they're all very capable people. Yeah. You know, sometimes you mentioned covering or stepping in maybe when you shouldn't. Our marketing manager is out on maternity leave and I brought in a contractor to help cover for her, but she wasn't available for a couple of weeks. Right. So I stepped in (laughs) and, you know, I like to do that every now and then actually, because it opened my mind to, okay, wait, I've forgotten how to pull all these levers and push all these buttons when it comes to the process for a social media post, whatever it might be. Right. Liz, do you ever find that to be the case, you know, trusting your team or maybe they trust you? Do you ever step in? How do you, how do you manage that in your company? That is super tough. I, I've really come a long way with delegating. I was the type of person Mm -hmm. that it was just faster for me to do it than to explain it to somebody else. And we've all definitely had those thoughts and feelings. So I've come a long way with that to the point where I do trust. It's just a job. Like Kelly said, it's just work. Nothing is going to completely fall out of the sky that we can't pick the pieces back up and put it back together. So yes, I do definitely trust the people around me and my team. Even if it means watching someone fail temporarily or struggle, right? It can be painful at times. Like you just want to jump in and do it, you know, cause I know how to do it, but you have to, to build that trust and to build their capability and to build their self-confidence. You have to let them tackle it. Kathleen, you building trust. Yeah, a couple a couple quick things that triggered for me was Kelly talking about the employees of kind of like testing them almost away. You know, you you train them, seeing what things work, and then where it didn't work, you plug it in. Knock on wood, I'm a super healthy person. I never get sick. So when I I'd be training employees on something, and I knew that we had a rough Monday coming up, I would occasionally call in sick. Because I was testing them. I wanted to see how they did. Could they do it? How did they deal with that difficult situation? Right. And then I'd come in on Tuesday and they never knew that I was doing this, by the way. But I would say, well, how did yesterday go? And I could kind of see from emails they'd copy me on and well, what worked? What didn't work? And so it was like a little coaching session. Well, what could we do next time? You know, if I'm out of the office, you know, unforeseen or something, right? And then as far as jumping in, yes, I'm guilty of that as well. But like you were saying, Bob, every now and then it was good because I'd have employees turn over and I get younger ones coming in. They weren't with me when I started the business, right? And they'd be saying, oh my God, I'm so busy and I can't get all this stuff done. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I did all of this before you people were even here, right? So occasionally I would jump in and I would help. And then they'd sit there with their jaw open going, oh my God, I can't believe how quickly you got that done and blah, 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 blah. And to be honest, because I am a very hands-on person, I kind of liked it every now. I mean, no, I don't want to do that every single day. I don't want to deal with the tenant stuff every single day. But every now and then it was fun to jump in and it'd be a little boost to my adrenaline. Of, oh, my God, that was kind of fun to get in and do the nitty gritty and crank out a bunch of leases or whatever. Right. So it's a training process. We can't expect our team to know how to do everything overnight. It's step by step, like Liz was saying earlier. And I, I love the idea of having, the, you know, your buddy partner there. I think that's a great idea. I was kind of thinking to myself when Liz was talking about cover buddies that sometimes I'm the cover buddy and the, and I can just see the rest of the team sort of ducking for cover. Oh no, you know. That's how it is in my office. Don't let Kelly get involved. She'll just mess it all up. Right? Yeah. Can't wait for so-and-so to get back from vacation so we don't have to deal with Bob every day, you know? I mean, that's pretty funny. Well, wow, this has been a 
super fun conversation and a valuable conversation at that. And thanks so much to all of you for coming on the show today. I'd love to continue, but we got to wrap up the episode today. I think in summary, if I could sort of serve as the group panel spokesman here, we all unanimously say as a group of property managers and members of NARPM too, that we all agree in benefits of stepping away from the business on occasion, taking that clarity break. It's really, really important. So to the panel, I'd like to just go around here, ask any last words or thoughts for our audience. And if you're willing to share maybe how our listeners could make contact with you, if you want to share that. Liz, let's start with you. Any last thoughts on this topic? Yes. Don't be scared to take a vacation, guys. You have things in place. If there's an emergency, it's going to be handled. And Bob, like you mentioned, when you have your out of office on, people are respectful of that. And 90% of the time, you're not getting that email or the phone call, and neither is your cover buddy. The people are just going to work the problems out on their own, or if it needs to be handled, they'll contact you next week. So don't be scared. Take the vacation. You'll be fine. If you need to contact me, I'm very available um, through the NARPM website. Also, LizClayman at gmail.com. Happy to have conversations with anyone. Thanks for that, Liz. Kelly, any last words and advice? Uh, the only thing I would want to say as a parting comment is self-care is not selfish care. Self-care is giving you the fuel to take care of others. And so self-care is not something that you should feel ashamed about or you should not do. And I would encourage anyone to take the self-care, whether it's a, a month, you know, a vacation, or if it's just making sure your boundaries are set for the weekend or whatever. And yeah, you can reach me through the NARPM website or at ktollefson at tsquaremanagement.com. Great. Yeah. I'd like to chime in on this one too. I think We touched on this, but one of the things I've noticed, especially with inexperienced people sometimes who are going to be taking time off, they tend to want to just sort of pull the ripcord, you know, bail out right for a week. And no, you can't do that. You know, so there's a little bit of responsibility on us as owners or maybe supervisors or teaching our teams how to go on vacation, right? Preparing, get that cover buddy in place, come up with a list of action items before you leave on vacation. I found that is a really important aspect for me. If I prepare well in advance, then people know what is expected of them when I'm out and I have kind of all my assignments covered. Most people on the, on the show know how to get a hold of me, Bob at ncpropertygroup.com can also contact me now through the uh, NARPM website. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be the Southwest regional VP. That's right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, Kathleen, let's wrap up with you. You know, you were the article writer and author, so, you know, wrap it up here for us. Yeah. The the one thing that I'd like to say is just keep in mind that it it is a job. It's always going to be there the next day, the next day. Right. And train your people so that you're able to take time away, even if it's just a day, you know, do a three day weekend that can be really powerful. Right. And self-care is not selfish. I always thought it was frivolous myself. Right. So it's not, it's important and there is no right or wrong. Everybody's going to be different about what works for them. And so just get the time that you need or the breakaway that you need. Um, yeah, people can reach me on the, the NARPM website as well or Kathleen at thepropertymanagementcoach.com. Thanks, Bob. So great. This is one of the more inspiring and fun podcasts I've ever done. So thank you so much, Kathleen, Liz, Kelly. Thanks for joining the panel and being guests on NARPM Radio great episode. As we wrap up today, I'd like to make another quick plug to our listeners to please click on the subscribe button and give us a like. Also, please pay it forward with the positive review to help encourage more guests like this great and amazing NARPM panel today to come on the show. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for joining us on NARPM Radio, and we will catch you next time. 
Thanks for listening to NARPM Radio. For more details on today's subject, refer to the show notes or visit narpum.org, and we'll see you next time on NARPM Radio.